welcome back. The captains aren't working, mm -hmm. so I'll go fix it in a minute. Mm -hmm. Thank you, uh, TJ, for that. I'm glad nobody can see it on camera. Uh, it's uh, just me looking at it. Uh, we're here once again for the city of Oshwamp. We are not great RPG. Uh, we're here to have a great time for some amount of time. Uh, we're here for a good time, not a long time. Let's uh, we'll go with that as, a, as our slogan. For the very appropriate Oshwamp. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, thank you very much for the raid uh, and mm -hmm. the resub, Little and Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. um, hope you guys are all doing well tonight. Uh, we're going to hang here for a minute, and then we're going to go around the table and introduce ourselves, and then we'll uh, do the recap while I go fix the captions, and then mm -hmm. we'll pop into Bad City Big Cold Fun Time. Mm-hmm. 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 Indeed. Mm -hmm. Wait, everybody on three. Oh, One. okay. Uh, what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am Don, and I play Ethier in this campaign. Mm -hmm. I'm not Lawrence, mm -hmm. and I play Olumla. Mm -hmm. I'm Paul, and I play Felix. I'm Glenn, and I play Vorst. I'm Sarah, and I play Retora. And I'm DJ, I play Nez, I mean Nezgrim, and I play DJ. Mm -hmm. You are the same man, and I can count on that. <laughs> uh -huh. In every way. I'm John, the dungeon master for the city of Oshawa. Here to have a, a grand old day. John, what does that mean? With my friends in the woods. Yup. Yippee. Uh huh. Aren't you guys excited too? Uh huh. Are you oh, gonna yeah. Are you gonna appeal to my kinder sensibilities, John? Oh yeah, totally. That's that's absolutely what it is. I'm not that gonna continue to throw <laughs> pretty redheads at you and just wait until you. One of them. I've been doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That would imply that you're sensible from time to time. Yeah, also that. That's <laughs> fair. Uh, yeah, last time, uh, Felix Gray, Scion of Fury and Grace. Grace and Fury. What a beautiful name. You're a good man, Felix. Appreciate that very much. We stepped into Dreamtown after Felix tried to utilize his psionic energy. Couldn't do it. Melithil told him, dude, just fucking sleeve it off. You're way too high. <laughs> like, not going to be able to think a fucking thing, at least until morning. Uh, everybody went to Big Dream Town. Totally dreams. Not truth. Yeah, Truth Town. <laughs> we absolutely went to Truth Town. Uh, first vision was uh, Rutora and Delawin. Rutora slightly younger, Delawin slightly younger, at least as far as Rutora can recall over the course of her 20 years assisting Delawin in the Avith Woods. Uh, just to expedite things, yeah, it's the process of Retora assisting Delawin with trying to stave off the desecration spread inside of the Abeth Woods. Delawin getting pissed off at his parents after he receives a letter asking for Retora to be sent north into the city of Oshwamp to be able to assist in terms of her benefactor as one of the potential people in this prophecy to stave off whatever horrible thing is growing out of the north. Uh, Retora has a sad, somber moment as she recognizes that Delawin's betrayal was, in fact, a designed thing to be able to get her to assist in something that serves a greater purpose in the world. Uh, we jumped forward to a young woman outside of the great redwood trees of the Ravawode, a younger Felix mom, Anna, very lovely lady, uh, bidding farewell to her people at the edge of the Ravawode, saying that she is to be the voice of their people and is out there to spread the word and to learn things of the world. She leaves, arrives at the city of Ulm, becomes a librarian within a few short years, uh, and then it is the immediacy of falling in love with Felix's father, 
a good professor at the academy named Michael, uh, who sheepishly offers her coffee in the morning to try to spend time with her. She welcomes him, and several years later, we have beautiful, more humanish baby Felix. More humanish. Mm -hmm. And the tragic loss of Felix's mother, Anna, as she passes during childbirth, but promises to always stay with Felix and to protect him. Uh, we jump to Vorst and the horrible slaughtering of his people in the woods, because, man, yeah, dark night. Uh, very dark night indeed. The horrible, horrible assault from the demonic orcish creature that fed on Vorst's people out in the woods, uh, consuming the last of the shamans, devouring the tribe itself, and Vorst's good friend Rirda, picking him up as he panicked and stood, or sat paralyzed with his back against a tree in the snow, unable to flee, Rirda eventually getting him to his feet and telling Boris that all that they could do was run, that everyone else was dead. Uh, fleeing eastward, getting assaulted once more by a smaller offshoot band of this orc warband. Um, Rirda nearly falling as he was tackled, uh, but forced in his stupor, saving his good friend as he killed his first orc. And was attacked by the other members of this small assault force, forcing himself to be f separated from Rirda, who ran north to draw their attention and ire, forced fleeing south and east until he reached the edge of the woods of Narenter and stood bathed in blood out in the wintry snow beneath the full moon and howled. We jumped to Ethier, sitting on the wet log outside of Haltauno on the coast, joined by the old lady who taught him to become a Revia, who gave him the gift that he now utilizes to assist souls. Uh, a panicked Aether watched in horror as the overcast sky suddenly became dramatically more tumultuous and dangerous, and a great, great tempest swept up his uncle's shipping vessel, crashing it beneath the waves, and Aether hurried towards the water desperate to try to save his uncle, but the elderly woman stopped him before he would have lost his own life out at sea uh, and told him that it was simply too late and that the best thing that they could do was to keep Ethier safe. Uh, we jumped forward, and Ethier, having left Haltauno as an older man, uh, we see the old woman once more at the edge of the rocks, looking out, and a whirlpool suddenly disperses this sunken vessel raising it from the bottom of the floor of the ocean. And it elevates out, and she stands and gasps in horror. Uh, that was a good time. Great time. Uh-huh. Love it. <clears throat> uh, then another jump through time and space over to the Rava Wood once more. A, an enormous, massive redwood tree in the center of a small island of green, beautiful lush grass surrounded by silvery blue pond. Uh, and a small raven that flutters down from the branches of the great wood tree, pauses at the edge of this water source, and looks lovingly at it. Uh, we see that there is indeed no reflection of this raven in the silvery pond, uh, but it does plunge its beak down into the water, grasping at a silver thread, pulls it up, it severs and breaks, uh, it is summoned and flies over the water, and we watch it land on the hand, the back of a hand of an old person who is cradling a baby in its arms, the raven drops the silver thread that is severed onto the face of this small baby. It tickles its nose. The baby laughs. The baby eats the silver thread. And then the old woman announces to the group that this is then to be 
Yalum Lo. Uh, and we hopped over to Melithel and Melisee's vision of a younger memory of Melithel himself. Uh, standing at the edge of the Feltwood as Ostador and Camilla's crusade arrives to reclaim Oshwamp, however, they find the city sacked, abandoned, and smoldering. Um, they have a brief conversation wanting to warn the individuals of the dangers of the areas here to the far north, but knowing that these are intruders and that they simply do not belong and it is not their purpose to intervene in the ways of the world, but instead to serve as vigilant watchers here to not take part in things that are going on. Uh, they eventually turn to begin to flee and a horrific roar is heard as a pillar cracks in the city as Osador and Camilla approach a great crack in the ground and the pillar descends for what feels like forever without making a sound. And we hop over to Nesgrim, desperately attempting to visit his father in the infirmary at the Monastery of Acceptance, being denied and rebuked continuously as his father's illness progresses and his health continues to wane. Uh, we eventually recognize that there is no option here for Adamus, and the sisters reach out instead to the Great Cathedral at Oshwamp, pursuing any possible leads for remedies for this very strange disease that has afflicted Adamus. Um, they send a letter to a brother named Leovold, who eventually writes back telling them that if Adamus is to die, that they need to keep his body, do not burn him, but as for now, send us a sample of his blood so we can attempt to develop an appropriate cleansing ritual if we have any opportunity to save this man's life. If not, we can at least try to save his soul. Um, yeah, Nesgrim fights to try to get in. He is rebuked once more. They collect the sample of blood, give it to a courier. That shit's gone. That's mine now. It's great. And after another time skip, sisters Anna and Tabitha are seen walking through the lower darkened halls of the crypt, the catacombs beneath the Monastery of Acceptance, as they eventually reach the tomb of Adamus Christoch and find the lid slid open and no body inside. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everyone wakes up. We're all fucking freaked out. We have a very awkward breakfast as we sit here with Melithel and Melisy, having no idea whatsoever <laughs> that shit was about, but really fucked some of us up, because for some of us, those were some very large revelations about things of our past, our present, and indeed our future, and our purpose in life. Uh, we asked some additional questions about things nearby. We confirmed the existence of a frost tag. We confirmed the existence, well, we confirmed the truth that Desiel did indeed visit this frost tag out here as her green hag shape. Um, we asked about the knowledge that Melisi has of any of the desecrated grounds in the nearby area. She talks about it beginning a little around a thousand years ago, uh, but not knowing exactly when, but the entire woods outside of the mines are plagued and corrupted slowly over time. Uh, we asked about uh, fire to the north, uh, Melisi saying that they did recall hearing a great laugh, a shrill chuckle to the north as there was indeed a fire a couple of days ago. And that is where we will pick up. In the middle of our conversation with Melisee and Melithel, having asked about this fire and this wonderful circle <laughs> that 
where Tora and Desgrim found themselves in, in Adrian's basement, in what feels like forever ago now. It was forever ago. It was forever ago. But she looks at you and says, she does recall a laugh. It was like three days ago in game. Mm -hmm. Um, Friends, I assume you all understand what this means? The fire to the north? Fire we started. Yes. We were in Adrian's basement, though. No, do you remember that there was a second room that only Retora and Adrian could open with the holes on their hands? Yes, but that still went to a basement. It didn't lead outside. It went down a set of stairs. You do not know that it was in a basement. I suppose that's... You went through a portal and down a set of stairs to a room that was clearly to the north here. You didn't try to open the door again at the top, I did. I sure didn't. It may have opened out into these woods. I suppose. Um... We have to check it out, right? And look for Corrin. It's in the same direction. To the north. I almost wonder if that circle is used by the hags themselves. Possibly. In the eye on Adrian's table. Belonged to a hag, did it not? I think so. Before Yalomlo uh, snuffed it out. Took care of it. Mm-hmm. Quite handily. Needed to be done. Wouldn't want anyone watching us. Well, I don't imagine the hags will be pleased to see us after we killed Adrian and then their eye. Possibly just the one. Because we also killed the other hag. We did kill Desiel. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It sh- should hopefully just be the one. The one that is missing the eye. If she's missing the eye, she'll be hard, easier to fight. Possibly. Possibly not. Just go for her one good eye. <laughs> I have trouble believing that's True. Um, I think we owe Corrin the assistance and he could be of use out here I agree I do not wish to leave him and Mary Bell alone with a hag we should be able to catch him fairly easily I imagine he only travels at night In Oshawa? Yeah. Yeah. Covered in cloaks, though. Yeah. Hood up. I mean, he. you saw him on overcast days when it was snowing. Mm-hmm. You know that since you have left the city of Oshawa, it has been very overcast and snowing. I do think we should find him. Um, him being a healer, I'm sure he'll have, or I hope he'll have some means of helping Ratora. Maybe not curing her, but at least making it manageable possibly I mean I wouldn't necessarily want to get him dragged into this 
We are likely going that way anyway. We already have the gems, which we were heading to, to the far east. If we are able to ensure Corrin's success, then there will no longer be a need for us to gather herbs for the ailment. True. At least not go out of our way to do so. That is true, and that'll be one less task for us to complete. Would keep us more safe, and we can focus on simply the herbs we need for yours and Benjamin's uh, procedure. You still think you can pick up the scent? If we get close enough, I probably could. I do want to remind you all that we did come out here for a reason, and this is an extra thing, and this that you have to be 100% that you want to do this. Otherwise, it's an unnecessary risk. This is not the time of year to go on an extra walk. We don't have to. Of course. It is not so far out of the way. And if he is able to assist with any gathering at all, even if he has to bring Marybelle back to the city first, any gathering he could do would be an aid along the same line. He's also very capable fighter. I think we know that, so added protection on our way back as well. Safety in numbers. Not sure that he will choose to stay with us. I imagine he will want to get Mary Bell back to the city. The only reason he was coming out here was to barter with the hag. Would we not be going back to the city as well? We are not finished out here. We have much more to do. Indeed. We told Arthur we would explore those ruins and see what we could get for him. Correct. We have a lot more to collect still. True. And I guess having extra herbs for the ailment won't hurt. If this is true about the structure to the north being the same basement that was through that special door in Adrian's, it might provide us a quicker way back into the city, although not ideal. Not ideal, certainly, but you are right. It uh, might be useful, though it is likely now under the control of Lady Hearthwood. I think perhaps that is an option we should not take. Short of dire circumstances, we are close enough still to the city Absolutely. where we are. I also may be the only one able to get through the door. And true. at that point, we will be several days further into our journey. Who knows how strong that presence will be then? Mm-hmm. Could quite possibly be a good backup plan. It's definitely a good backup plan, yeah for emergencies, but we do not wish to unleash that presence within the city now that we are farther from it. I think going back would cause it to attempt to take hold again. I think so as well. That is something we will have to deal with on our return journey regardless, but the more cautious we can be, the better. Of course. We should get moving. We have to tear down camp before we can go. Melissy, do you think you would be able to lead us to where you saw the smoke? Lead you there? Yes, show us how to get there. That's to the north. Okay. 
So I, I don't want to get them involved in this nest room. We have forced snows. Not all the way to it, just to where she had seen the smoke from. North is quite open. It is, but I am not sure they will remember exactly the location, and I do not wish to endanger these people that we have just met. Fair enough. If we head in that direction, Vorst should be able to guide us the rest of the way. Yes, it's an unmistakable odor and stench of the marshes. I'm sure you won't miss it. Good to know. Alright. I suppose we should tear down camp then. Yeah, Melissa just kind of looks over at Melifel and he's looking up at her. Or looking down at her, just... They're going to fight a hag? (laughs) (laughs) They've literally been talking about that for some time. I'm gonna miss them, they're gonna die! (laughs) 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 Oh, darling. Sleep. Yeah, I'm tired! You just woke up. Still tired? (laughs) You didn't see that shit? (laughs) You'll have to tell me about it later. It's fucking weird. You watch as she just kind of like gently rubs a hand along his forehead and you see this just kind of magical essence exude out of her fingertips over his head and he just... Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) And she just lovingly accepts him into her arms. It is... uh, Hell of a task watching over this one. <laughs> sure. She just lovingly strokes his hair out of his eyes. Uh, yes. I wish you all the best. Thank you both for your uh, companionship and your assistance. Of course. I'm sure someday maybe you'll find us out here again. And if we see you uh, next time, we won't be so hesitant to approach. Hmm. As he- Forgive him about the reindeer business that's supposed to be much more private and not for new people I am a bit flustered that understandable but people um, now know that about us out here it is okay uh, I'm sure we will see you again as Melifil no said <laughs> no uh, <laughs> I'm just saying I, 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 I 100% mutter fucking weirdo and she just starts to back out of the tent just looks at him and looks at you all I absolutely have to go. Of course, lakes never move. We'll be back. Yes, maybe by the lake. Thank you. Thank friends. you. She just lumbers out with him and just tosses him into the snow. <laughs> she yeets him onto the ground right at her feet and just looks at him and shakes her head. And then you watch as she once more wild shapes into a large arctic bear, picks him up by his scruff and hurls him onto her back. And begins to clumber out into the snow. I yell out of the tent, Tell him Fishy says goodbye! <laughs> the bear just kind of looks back over you and gives that classic Coca-Cola thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Disappears into the trees. I hunt after them. <laughs> My nemesis. <laughs> That's all brand! <laughs> This is, I'm a Pepsi man. <laughs> a Pepsi paladin. <laughs> there you go. Uh. Oh my god. We have to kill you. Yeah, we've given up too much power. Uh, yeah, you guys are here in your tent. Hanging out. I'm going to exit the tent and start to take down the other one that yeah. no one used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. Very cold. Time well spent. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming the temperature outside of the tent is much colder than... 
inside yeah, the tent. It's a stark difference as you step back out into the breeze. I'm going to start cleaning up all the cooking stuff and getting everything together to go. We'll start helping break down the tent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If anybody wants to do anything else besides uh, conclude this tent breakdown, it'll take about, you know, maybe half an hour or so to collect all of your belongings and I'm imagining you guys are going to have some kind of uh, breakfast at least in this interim before you begin your journey outwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys intend to consume rations or if you had other things that you intend to utilize, but now's the time to eat. I will eat some breakfast. Yeah, I'll eat some rations. I'll also fill my water skin from the lake. I will fill mine from the boiled water. Boiled water. Very Mm -hmm. good. Yep. That's right. Don, you can drink shit lake. (laughs) (laughs) I'll also fill mine. Fill mine. One one and one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A ritual cast purify food and drink. (laughs) (laughs) Get all the shit out of there. Yeah. Ten whole minutes. (laughs) Purify food and drink. Fuck you. Oh, that's Bye-bye, right. Jerry. We don't Each <laughs> one ration is three days of food, correct? Hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> one ration is three meals. That's yeah. one three day. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yes. I'm yeah. going to mark off a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just so this way you have the opportunity to consume food yeah. throughout the rest of your day. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say it's very early in the morning. You guys went to sleep pretty early around 8 a.m. You guys are waking up crack of dawn. It's still overcast. There is a light light snow. Still going. Not heavy. Uh, again, the trees out here are ample protection from the majority of it, but you do still have the occasional fall of branches subsiding and crashing under the weight of snow as it accumulates. But, yeah, I'll say about half an hour. Uh, Passes as you pick up camp, have a quick set of rations, and get ready for your day. Mm-hmm. Y'all tell me what you want to do. To the north, then. If everyone's ready, yes. Yeah, I'm ready. Cool. Very good. And we're still on the lookout for herbs. Mm-hmm. Herbs. Mm-hmm. Still on the lookout for herbs? Mm-hmm. Yep. Very good. Uh, as we're walking to the end of the clearing before we get into the like forest proper, uh, mm-hmm. where I have to start looking at stuff, I'm going to look to y'all and Mo. Um, in those dreams that we had, it appears as though my raven might have given you a thread of some kind. Did seem that way, yes? Not entirely certain what that means, but... I believe it is my Cora. We must be connected in some way, then. If your raven is connected to you ferrying souls, it's not a stretch to think that it would be in the same business elsewhere. That is true. I guess that would make sense if I am ferrying them across and the raven ferries souls to new bodies or a quorum to new bodies. Not quite like that, but <laughs> close enough. Close enough. There's time to talk about it, I'm sure. Of course. 
A curious thing. Indeed. Mm-hmm. 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 Journey in North. Journey in North. Anybody else doing anything before we are going to begin our next round of attempted collections? I would, uh, before, like, as we're packing up, before we walk out, I'd have walked up to Felix. I know we've said much yesterday. I am very sorry for your loss. To not know someone so important to you, I can only imagine. That, thank you. Just leaves it up to you to carry on all the good that she could have done. I'll just nod. Mm-hmm. When he can't move. Give him a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. Start walking. <laughs> Paul. Good boy. Paul. <laughs> I'm not good at this yet. <laughs> New in town. Put <laughs> there, champ. Do we like hug now? He's, he's soggy. I don't one of these. <laughs> he's always a little wet. I don't want to eat my fur damp. Well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We begin the. Uh, Arduous trek north. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. About how deep is the snow after it snowed yesterday? Uh, so we would be leaving the clearing area nearby the lake, so we would actually be going into more of a declination again. So uh, as you start to um, make your way northward outside of this clearing, it goes from that like 15 to 18 inches worth of depth in total back to about 8 to 7-ish inches. You're hitting a part into the forest where it's becoming a little bit more dense than the lower regions of the Fellwood, just because that is typically where the loggers are clearing. Mm-hmm. So it is a little bit more sparsely populated. You're seeing fewer downed trees, fewer stumps and logs that are in the area So still. more snow in the trees and less More the snow in the trees, less on the ground. So yep. you are definitively able to make an easier time walking. Uh, and you're also, just because again, in terms of like uh, the dispensation of the snow, throughout the branches is the same thing as like the bed of nails trick where it's the more widespread things are the easier it is for them to maintain the appropriate structure uh, structural integrity to support that weight so like you're walking through you're seeing these coniferous trees more easily bearing this weight of the snows above it and when it does crack through it's more like it's a pocket that descends like a vacuous tunnel downwards, makes a small ascending hill-shaped like pyramid-esque structure. Mm-hmm. And then you see that those are pretty common near the trunks of trees every several feet, like 15 to 20 feet. You see these small pockets in different areas around in the So south. that falling stone has a chance to like kind of break up on its way down as Correct. opposed to just big sheets falling before. Correct. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Definitely less dangerous out here. Um, yeah, we uh, continue our trek northward. Uh, I'll say that I'll give you guys every hour an opportunity to collect. Uh, Borst, if you would like to be the one attempting to keep your nose out <laughs> for any uh, stench or odor either reminiscent of Corin or of what you would know to be more swamp-like marsh terrain, mm-hmm. uh, you can make your... And I'd also keep an ear out, too, for like any, any sort of, like... Yeah. Walking. Yeah, that, that's that's also fine. I would say no to like looking for herbs because that would be too yeah no distracting. No. But yeah, it would just be like mm-hmm. find them, find where we're going, mm-hmm. and if something's creeping up on us, I want to be able to yeah point it out to us first. Yeah, it. absolutely. Uh, yeah, you can do the smell first, and then we'll do the hearing next. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Nat 20. Nat 20 on the smell? Yeah, on the smell check. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna tell you outright that you can smell in the distance this already moderately present, lingering sense of stagnant air that you get from sitting water. You get that same kind of uh, beginning festering sense of rotting, decaying wood. Not like the unnatural kind, more of the natural kind indicating to you that the swamp is realistically only about four, five-ish miles to the north of you. That they were not that far, and that's why they said it's only about a half a day's journey, mm -hmm. maybe a day for them, depending on the expeditious process that they're going through at their pace. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, it's only about four and a half, five miles to the north, straight north of you. You can tell that Just also... Just about, like, about four hours travel? Correct. You can also tell that it's actually pretty large. In terms of the, like, I mean, I guess your nose cone, <laughs> as you... It's like a backwards breath weapon. It's yeah, <laughs> as you direct your nose cone inward towards you, uh, you can discern, like, as you're going through these directions, as you're scanning you can feel that it does feel like it's going to be pretty wide. Can't give you an exact mm -hmm. approximation with it's something like that. It's large enough that I'm getting strong enough whiffs from it Correct. being so far out. Yeah. Correct. Uh, yeah, and then if you wanted to do your hearing as well, just so this way we can resolve those two things, oh, then we'll go to the herbs. That it's gonna be a seven. Seven? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, with it being eerily quiet, the only things that realistically, you're kind of hearing that continuous melody of the footsteps of your friend as you get those crunches of the snow as you hit the darker, colder, frozen spots towards that lower layer as it hits the ground. You get those crunching sensations beneath boots, especially for somebody like Nesgrim, who is moving in heavier armor. There's just that density of, like, kush as your plated foot, like feet hit the ground, crash up, and you hear the, the snow kind of slide off the pants, and you get that, like, little bit of brush, that whiff once more of the snow next to him. It's mostly what you hear in terms of the distance around you, just ambient noise. Doesn't sound like there's much of anything. Eerily quiet outside of your party. Mm. Yeah. Not many animals here. That place. Yeah, yeah, that's comforting. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, when the forest goes quiet. You gotta go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're only about four hours out now, I would say. Best to keep a move on. Try to tread lightly. Mm -hmm. I'll do my best as I just <laughs> stomp hard. Crunch, 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 crunch. With your giant backpack on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, you guys are also carrying a lot of stuff, so those are also making the same kind of clumbering, pinging noises, pieces of metal, and just glass and other things that are other substances in terms of composition clang off your body in different areas, especially, again, for Nesgrim. Like, you have, like, the iron spikes of, like, the tent, like, the hammer just, like, clang off, like, the, your knee Might door. as well drape myself in meat. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. I mean... No. You tried that already. <laughs> no, no, I think Retora did. Oh, my Can God. Gotta bring this leg Can we get with that quote, please? <laughs> you want him to quote meat drapes? That doesn't sound like that when I said it. Anybody wants to do herb check, make 
checks, man. God. Yeah, I don't. I want to look at them trees. That's fine. Yeah, go right ahead. Is this nature? Uh, for looking for them? No, it's still it's still active perception. Perception. Yeah. Come on. Your wisdom, people, man. I'm trying to be kind. Twelve. Yeah, it's just, uh, sixteen. Natural twenty. Very good. Very good. Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. You're looking at trees, Paul. I'm looking at trees. Are you looking for anything in particular at the trees, or are you still trying to just observe them for their natural qualities? Their qualities and animal life. Animal life as well. Okay. Uh, so it's fourteen for you. Uh, it, it can be investigation because you're taking more time. I would say to like pause at an individual tree that for some reason to you might look as though there is some sense of potential purpose. You're not just gonna like you're not the kind of guy that's just gonna walk look at every tree very quickly. You're going to approach a tree. It's still 14. Fuck. <laughs> Tried. Uh, okay, so uh, we'll resolve uh, herbs first, just because we have nat 20. Uh, so in Woo! terms of the, the presence of things in this area... Uh, you're going to notice that it feels definitively more sparse. And sparse not in the way in which you would associate it with it's been cleared out here intentionally. Sparse as though it feels as if vegetation almost has halted. Not like you've hit a definitive line where you're like, you take that strange step and you look and you realize there's nothing in your peripheral but you notice that you pass a small tree and even like the ferns and other foliage that were growing out like these weeds that you've seen at previous trees, especially as a logger towards the south, you notice that they're no longer present. It feels as though this this ground here beneath, for Yalumlo, it would feel almost as though it is an area of the forest that is so untamed that it, it regulates itself in a very unnatural way in terms of whatever survives here must be quite hardy and feeds on whatever does attempt to make it up out of the ground, whatever roots do make it. Uh, I will say that in the area though, you spot, just because they have been pointed out to you, you spot uh, three small areas in which Malo is growing. You would like to point them out to your mm-hmm. good Yeah, I'd here. point them out to you there. Mm-hmm. Either you can roll the singular check and we'll resolve it based on all three. So, three individual locales growing. I'm going to say that in total, three buds per plant. <laughs> sure. Uh, is that nature or survival? Survival for harvesting. And if you're trying to get the seeds, it's nature. Okay. Uh, 18 on the survival? Ooh. Sure. Yeah, so I'll say that you get seven out of the nine. Seed Boys is uh, 15. 15? Yep. Yeah. I'll say that you collect five of the seeds. You can add another five seeds for Retora. And the seven flowers will say that because there's a little bit less of the heightened snow here, you're able to kind of push aside, get down to this safety at the base of this trunk, kind of like at an awkward decline behind one of these tiny snow mm. pyramids that grows. Uh, I'll say that you're able to get three quarters of an ounce nice. of mala. Yeah, we'll say that that is through the course of this first hour of journey. Uh, we hit our second hour of journey. Does anyone want to do anything during that additional time within that first hour of journey? The scouring and scouting for herbs is going to occupy the majority of your time, but I don't know whether or not anybody is doing anything else with spells, equipment, 
or conversation. Those are effectively the things that I'm trying to give you guys a genuine grace period to accomplish. Um, so in terms of the trees? Oh, sorry, thank you. Uh, 14, you said, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 14. Uh, these feel very comparable still to the trees that you have been introduced to on the southern portions of the Fellwood. It doesn't feel like there's any definitive difference in the tree quality themselves, or even in the wildlife. It feels as though this is becoming sparse because for you, in terms of the existence of wildlife in the area, you would recognize uh, as an educated man, like there is a circle of life, there is some kind of ecosystem, and it seems as if the ecosystem, once more in the same way for the presentation of the herbs, kind of begins to slow down, almost approaching a halt. You no longer notice any of these uh, kind of like burrowed out holes in which you would know owls or other uh, avian life forms would be living and holing up in inside of these trees for shelter and safety. You see them more sparsely in the trunks of trees. You see fewer nests for birds as you kind of like peek and peer through some branches. You hear fewer noises in general. All right. And, and uh, you don't see any like droppings or anything like that of deer or other, you know, quadrupedal animals in the area. And there's, we're only an hour out from where we were at camp. An hour out from the lake, yeah. Okay. Like I'll say that it was a gradual decline through the course of that hour. Okay. Um. <clears throat> while we're walking. Mm-hmm. I know meditation isn't a thing that, like, is a class feature for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. but I would be doing, like, walking meditation. Sure. Like, just actively thinking while walking about, like, what happened in the vision and what I know of my origin. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to say things to other people if you would like. If you want to just contemplate it, you can just contemplate it. You tell me what you want to do. That's the plan. I'm just gonna walk and think. think. Very good. You guys actively see Nesgrim like. <laughs> Does he look concerned? Confused? There's moments where definitely I would go. Oh. Is this the first time we, as a party, are seeing him think? <laughs> at, at this definitive point, yes. <laughs> is he able to think and walk at the same time? <laughs> well, he just he stops walking. Why can't he do this when we're talking to people? Right? <laughs> is, it, is it one of these things where it's a close-up of Nesgrim moving and then we cut back and Vorst is carrying him at this point? <laughs> yeah, right. The harness is around him. Yeah. <laughs> He's sitting on his shield. I'm dragging him like a sled. <laughs> <laughs> I like that option. <laughs> no, if you intend to just think, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, just gonna get lost in some deep thought about what it means to be Nesgrim. Don't say get lost. Speak it into existence. <laughs> Where am I? Guys? Uh, Baby? <laughs> why is it all swampy? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Hello, miss. Can you help me find my friends? Hello. <laughs> you look cold. Uh, yeah, if nobody else has anything that they're attempting to accomplish during this immediate first hour, we will move on to the second hour of exploration. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forced, we'll roll through your two things again once more. The onset in terms of being our scout. Smell Ooh, first. Okay, sniff, yeah, sniff. that's going to be uh, 21. <laughs> 21, yeah. So, I mean, you smell that with the rate at which you're progressing, you guys are able to continuously go with your snowshoes about a mile an hour, especially with the time pausing, to be able to collect and keep mm-hmm. your eyes out. You're you're going at a slower pace than, t- than typical. 
Um, yeah, you smell that you're about three miles out of the onset of this swamp. Uh, with a 21, I'll tell you that you smell the beginnings of a familiar odor that you do know definitively is your good friend Corin towards the north. I'll tell you that you're not able to discern, obviously, a distance, and I will say that depending on what you hear, we'll go from there in terms of where Corin is in relation to how far away from you guys. So if you would like to do your hearing as well. It's going to be a 10. But 10 on the hearing? Yeah, you don't really hear anything. He's too loud. Yeah. <laughs> Ned Scrim's a very loud. loud man, especially with this thing you just hear a lot of, oh, oh no. Wait, I think I got it. <laughs> no. Oh, do what? Me so no cry. <laughs> Me no cry. No cry. <laughs> I could cry in another basement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again, once more, you hear the, the eerie silence of nature around you. Uh, very palpable. It's It's very intentionally unnerving this sense of silence outside of the movement of your friends in the immediate proximity around you. So I can smell corn and I know he's around. You know he's around. You definitively, again, it feels like he is the one standout piece again in that nose cone to the north. <laughs> that you're like <laughs> the sniffoscope. Corin. <laughs> smelloscope. That's what it was. The smelloscope. Smelloscope. Yeah. Good yeah. news, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if we want to do another round of herbs and other things like that, though, friends, that is an option here still on the way. I will assist with herbs. Herbs this time? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 13. Per- perception. Natural 20. Natural My 20, God. yeah. Very good. What a beast. Mm-hmm. 13. 13. The luckiest number. 10. Very good. Uh, yeah, we'll go once more with the, the natural 20 uh, in terms of just the overall gatherings. Uh, I will say that in this area, again, you can see that there is uh, even more sparsely populated herbs and plant life here in this area, and I'm going to say that there's only two clumps of Bowen's flower, if you would like to, once more, point them out for Ethier. It's over there. (laughs) Your eyes are... uh... Very good today. Got the goggles on. (laughs) (laughs) Is it like like an adventure with the real big goggles? I can it's see like a, everything. It's like the the shades that dads yeah. have for their glasses. Dad shades. Flip them up. I'm just picturing it from like it's the, the goggles. It's like a goofy movie where he's got the real big glasses on. They're clips. Yeah, they're clips. They're like backwards telescopes. Survival for the first. Yes. Seventeen. Survival and. See. Fourteen on the nature. Okay, uh, I'll say that you collect two seeds of Bowen's flower, and I'll say that you get another quarter of an ounce of Bowen's flower. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more sparse out here. He said two. Two seeds, quarter of an ounce. Bowen's leaf or Bowen's flower? Bowen's flower. Okay. Why did I spell flower like flower? <laughs> it's been a long weekend. Is it better than exactly what you meant? <laughs> Are those two different things then? Because I have bones, flower, seeds, and then I have bones, leaf. Well, it's the leaves from the flower. Okay, but the got plant it, got itself it, got is it. called Bowen's flower. Okay. You're and collecting the leaves, not the entire Okay, got it. I'm just making sure yes. uh, for my chart here. Take the stalks mm-hmm. this time. Mm-hmm. Take the roots. Mm-hmm. Take it all. No, I, I do want them to regrow. Don't disturb the roots. No, not, a, not, a, <laughs> uh, not a root man. <laughs> so what? Root man. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Dom. Find your own stem. 
champion of the dirt. <laughs> That's you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that. Uh, Save yeah. me a prison. You get two yeah. hours through this clearing. Uh, well, uh, two hours through the forest, heading northwards. Man, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. We're definitely getting there. Mm-hmm. We're entering into the third hour of our journey. Hour three. No, no qualms, no issues so far. Just eerie quiet. Just, you know. My ears are actively smoking. Not really. What does that mean? <laughs> He's been thinking cigarettes? too hard. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm thinking real hard. Got another natural twenty on that spell check. <laughs> this nose is all point today. <laughs> Between your nose and his eyes. Just we're, give us. We're send us, send us his location we're now. Yes. <laughs> cool. You, you, you smell him. He's actually right here. <laughs> this is the shit. You that look happens. down and Corin's like, "What's up?" <laughs> Ooh, <The> location. <laughs> I was hiding in the snow. Yeah. Uh, you found yeah. me. I'm going to tell you that uh, as you hit this third mile in, as you're getting through it, uh, I'm going to tell you that you can smell that he is definitively only about 300, 400 yards to you northeast. Uh, you get overwhelmingly the odor of Corin, just because, again, it is something that you're familiar with, having mm-hmm. been in the present area with him for so many years. Uh you do get the faint odor of what you would equate with Mary Bell with being uh, a, a different person. Effectively, you're not able to pinpoint like that same, you know, individual perfume that Mary Bell might be associated with for you. But you can discern that there is, in fact, another individual in his presence. Uh, so yeah, about 300 yards north by northeast. So very slightly off-centered from where you guys are traversing. And uh, if you want to do your hearing. Or resolve your hearing. Ah. Uh, yeah. Please. <laughs> it's gonna be a nineteen plus two. Yes, yeah, so turn twenty-one. Twenty-one. We can go. <laughs> we hit big. Let's go. I just had to work my way through that math out loud. Plus <laughs> 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 two. Oh, oh. oh fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a one, I gotta carry a one. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Smeller, not a mather. <laughs> I make changes. Hold on. <laughs> that math was hard, but I know that I saw good. <laughs> Plus two. Saw <laughs> real good. Uh, yeah, so I mean, in terms of hearing, uh, I'm going to say that you actually, as you guys are traversing, you're able to pick out his footsteps as well. Despite being pretty far away from you, the ambient silence around you, you kind of become, in the same way you can go nose blind, I think you could actually go kind of like sound deaf to like, you're just ignoring Nesgrim's noises at this point. Uh, you're three hours noise. in. You're three hours into three just hours this hours white noise. Jazz. Jazz. Just continuous uh, white noise monotony of Nesgrim that you're like, wait a minute, anything else now is going to sound rhythmically out of place and out of this cadence that I know of my friend. And you can tell, you hear this sensation of like these slow, lumbering footsteps, only one pair. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So you hear just this like big crunch. 
crunch. She's yeah. in a front backpack <laughs> <laughs> like a baby. It's been days. <laughs> She's standing. She's on her just feet. like swaddled. The fatherhood is the worst. The other way around. She's very <laughs> excited. <laughs> he's like he's like hunched over on her back, and she's like leaned all the way over, like Dad, seriously. I get that it's the daytime, but fuck, <laughs> this isn't fair. When you said you brought a papoose, I didn't think you meant for you. Uh, yeah, no, you you absolutely can discern singular set of footprints, nothing else in the ambient area around you. 300 approximate yards away by smell. And you said north by northeast? North by northeast, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to turn and, like, situate myself to that direction mm-hmm. and point. He's somewhere over there, quite close by. Well, let's go then. It's good news. What an amazing scouting guy. <laughs> Thumbs up. Just... It's like advantage. It smells great. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> He's there. Is it like the nose pointing, yeah. tail stick straight up? <laughs> Ears are straight. Is this back. Is the tail end of the third hour, heading into the fourth hour. Yeah, you guys are still going to have the opportunity up. for the herbs. So if you want to do one more resolution for herbs, I will Since say that that's apparently I don't need to roll. I'll do trees, trees again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely for observation of nature and wildlife in this area. Twenty three. 23, cool, 21. It's a good thing you got a 21. 18. I only got 13 that time. <laughs> DJ, you still meditating? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're not going to stay the eyes of this group forever. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, we'll resolve the tree first. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply because... There's nothing. Well, <laughs> there's a... Uh... Hmm. You notice that the bark here is starting to become a little bit more wiry in a way that you would equate with uh, a sudden loss of nutrient ground, nutrients inside of the ground. In the same way that as you would be approaching a bog or a marsh, you would begin to notice that the trees suddenly start to appear in in some way to you not being a nature man, but knowing the understandings of how just life in general works with having studied so many things. And growing up near the Ballon Woods, it would have been explained to you, at least in some way by the kids, this idea that trees have this recognition, these properties that dictate to you whether or not they're healthy. And you're starting to notice that they become a little bit more frail. The bark on the exterior becomes a little bit more dry and cracked. You can see areas in which it's kind of broken off and pieces of the soft wood beneath are beginning to be exposed. You can see that the wood still looks healthy, but it looks as though it is more frail. Uh, Wildlife and other things in the area, fucking nothing. Actual nothing. Good. So even when you were previously sporadically seeing some tunneled out holes, you were seeing uh, like sporadic footprints in the areas nearby you are seeing an occasional nest you're peeking through branches and you see clear nothingness in terms of the presence of wildlife good to know uh don you were the 21 for the herb collection yes yes indeed uh yeah i'm gonna say that you as well notice that there's almost nothing in this area i'm gonna say that you see one more uh spruce kind of area of bowen's flower if you want to do that collection yep Natural one. Oh, very good. I just crush it. <laughs> he yeah. sees it as he's stepping on it. <laughs> yeah. I'll 
say that you see it. Uh, I'll say that you see it, and as you're approaching it, you kind of like lean down to grab at it, and the snow above you falls, forming a pyramid that crushes this flower right as you go to grab it. So like the edges of the gloves of your fingers are like struck by this snow, and you pull your hand back because it's not underneath yeah. it, but you see this flower right before your eyes get crushed. As a kind of indication yeah. for like that—that's kind of what's happening here, and that's sure. the reasoning for why you're seeing these pockets equated right at the edge of these tree trunks. Mm. Sure. And you're seeing all these conical-shaped like pyramids where the snow just got it crushes and the weight just destroys them. Um, am I able to? <clears throat> totally fine if it's with disadvantage. Uh, root through the snow for the seeds, since the like the petals are obviously completely crushed. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna say that that's gonna be investigation, and it's absolutely gonna be with disadvantage. Sure. Double match uh, an eight. An eight? Yeah, I'm gonna say that you spend like a moment or two rooting through. You find these wilted flowers as they've been crushed. You find these cracked and half stems broken beneath the weights. You don't find any seeds. Okay. You should have smelled for them. Seeds in a snow stack. Fourteen's a lot. Fourteen through the snow. No such luck there. Mm-hmm. I'll just push myself up and brush myself off and continue walking with my friends, mm-hmm. sadly. Mm-hmm. Sad? Oh. Mm-hmm. Is Nesgrim giving off heat at this point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Steam's coming out of his ears. Mm-hmm. I will say, uh, Nesgrim's face, like, I, my face would definitely be more... Twisted. Yeah, we'll say twisted and like um not concentrated but dedicated. Okay. Like serious ish. Mm-hmm. Constipated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's definitely oh. that. Okay. I didn't know it was gonna be like this <laughs> Fish stew. <laughs> these, rations, these rations are binding me up. <laughs> More fiber. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I've been eating hard tack for a week. <laughs> um, before I do stand, I am gonna just like close my eyes for a second and just kind of uh, say like a small um, prayer type thing for the uh, for this crushed flower. Like very briefly, just you know, its life was snuffed out before I was able to do anything with it, mm-hmm. and it won't return. So, mm-hmm. and then I'll stand. Mm-hmm. Works for me. You can huff flower. <laughs> Cross it over. <laughs> what killed you? The <laughs> reason that he dug through the snow is like feeding. Show me what's called well, past. Jonesy for some seeds. <laughs> There's the skull on a flower. <laughs> yeah. The center? Yeah, I guess it would be the center. Yeah. It has no bones. It's a flower, guys. Come on. Right. Not yet. That doesn't mean it doesn't have any brains. Mm. Um. You got me there. What do you want to do? You botanist. Uh, <laughs> Head northeast. Walk in the direction <laughs> that he pointed. Yeah. Does any, can anyone send a message? I don't want to startle him. I think it's um, best. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's best we not frighten a man in dangerous snows. I don't think we're any fear of sneaking up on him. They mm-hmm. just stare at you. Crunch, <laughs> crunch, crunch. I'm sure he'll notice as we get close. He might already know we're here. Perhaps. 
Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's behind us. <laughs> uh, I can... See a pair of eyes open in the snow beneath you. I mean, when we get within 30 <laughs> feet... Rainbow. And when we get within eyesight. Yeah. yeah. 30 <laughs> feet's not that far. No, I know. Just wave at it. Mm-hmm. Hello! Six cloak figures mm-hmm. approach. Mm-hmm. Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from, from 30 feet away. If you can't see us, we're over here. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Corin. I didn't want to scare you. <laughs> Boo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're approaching Corin, I think, right? Yeah, as we begin walking over, I'm going to look at Yalomlo and, like, very minututely point to my head. Like, sure. yeah, just yeah. to kind of hide it from everyone else. Mm-hmm. Just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll bite. <laughs> What's going on? We're getting close to the bog now. Just wanted to make sure you're doing okay with this meeting that might take place shortly. Seeing an old friend, and I'm not talking about Corin. I understand. I'm sure it will be fine. I just, I worry for you, my friend. She was, she didn't seem the nicest. Yes, well. In the ways that it was explained to me. So. That's a fair evaluation. I think uh, perhaps it will be good to see what's there. I think you're right. And then I want to keep walking. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> 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 That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Just running with my nose on the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. mm. The deep inhale. Snow. Snow. In the sinuses. <laughs> he didn't rip like that last night. Rain freeze. <laughs> yeah, right. Rain freeze. Saving yeah. my lung capacity for smelling the snow. Uh, I'm gonna say that you guys uh, continue your. Would you guys continue to go at the pace that you're at, or would you guys begin to pick up pace to try to catch him? I I mean, if we kept pace and he was about... I mean, we've obviously been gaining on him. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, how long would we think if, if he's saying, like, 300, 400 yards? yards? Hard to discern, honestly. I mean, it would be something that I would say you guys feel like you would probably get within... I don't know, maybe 30, 40 yards of him within about a 600-yard stretch. So, I mean, you guys have been gaining a fair amount of pace. I'm, I'm mostly just asking so this way I know whether or not you guys are concluding looking for herbs and other things like that. Mm-hmm. Sure, I mean... Uh, I think with how little we found Right, as point. it's getting more sparse and actually having pinpointed mm-hmm. him, I think I would stop looking for mm-hmm. herbs yeah. at this point. Yeah. I would also. Yeah. I would also focus and stop meditating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're... Close already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't, <laughs> don't pretend like it wasn't an eternity in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Prisoner in my own mind. <laughs> this brain is faintly a prison. <laughs> so much space. <laughs> I thought I was going to be stuck in there forever. <laughs> no one in my mind. Glad one of you talked. <laughs> he steps back out of it. <gasps> I was holding my breath the whole time. 
<laughs> you guys have to do that to think, right? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't walk and think. It's too I much. Just, I Three things is too much. <laughs> Only two. I had to move the hamster from the breathing wheel. To the thing. <laughs> 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 keep carrying it back and forth. You guys are going to leave me like that? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you guys are not attempting to... Stealth in any way whatsoever, I will say that we'll continue our walk northwards at a normal pace, concluding our uh, intense search and scouring for herbs and investigation of the natural wildlife and trees in this area. Uh, I'll say that you guys traverse for about two, three hundred yards. Uh, you're able to continuously keep on track just with your passive ability to smell knowing where he was exactly. It's not like he's suddenly zigzagging. <laughs> like, you're on me! Serpentine, oh, serpentine! God. It's like, oh shit, is that forced? I hate forced. And he, like, sprays cologne on. <laughs> Gotta hide. Just had to go through a down in the What's snow. wrong? Don't worry, we'll get away from it. Uh, yeah, you I son will, of a bitch! I will say that you guys get about 300 yards at a normal pace uh, in approximately, like, 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, you guys see through the weaving of the trees at the distance, just again, especially with two people with such high passive perceptions now, you guys are going to spot that same enormous, expansive, broad-shouldered, white fur cloak about 60 yards ahead of you guys. He's really, like, moving slowly. (laughs) You can see, like, his steps are very labored. You see these big clouds of fucking smoke and steam pouring off of his like shoulders and hair in the area around him and you see the big puffs of smoke as he takes each breath about 60 yards ahead of you guys has he heard us yet given my current armor situation <laughs> yeah, I mean I'll give him a shot good old corn stand block I'm gonna just ask you to make the stealth check even though you're not stealthing just because this way it'll, it'll make it feel more fair. Is <laughs> that what I think it is? It's two fours. Oh, uh, <laughs> so that's a four. <laughs> Definitely hears an escrow come. Yeah, I mean, he hears the the kind of echoing pings and clangs of, again, the pieces of metal and things like that. He's not going to hear the footsteps so much. He's going to hear the occasional, like, high-pitched... <laughs> The tin can beating off itself. Essentially, you're the tin man. <laughs> what? He didn't say beating himself off. He said beating off himself. I said yeah. beating off itself. Oh, it's yeah, which that's what? What? Plato. I'm not the tin man. Well, aren't oil, you? oil. <laughs> oh, oh, oil. Uh huh. Oh, ripped it, Acolyte. Dirty today. It's fine, buddy. We're getting there. All right, you guys. You definitely hear Corrin just kind of like slowly labored pause. The crunching in the snow halts about 60 yards away ahead of you guys. And he just begins to turn. And as he turns, you can see that in his arms is the horizontal figure legs limp downwards in his arms figure of Mary Bell. <laughs> I'm going to pull my hood back as he turns so that way he recognizes that it's us and mm-hmm. not six hooded figures that he yeah. doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, I mean, he looks in your direction. You guys are not that close. 
eh, that's good enough. I'll say that a 16 is fine for him to be able to, like, kind of peer in your direction with his wonderful vampiric eyes. I'll raise a hand just in greeting. Hello. 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 <laughs> and he just looks over and he sees you as you pull your hood down and he pauses and he just kind of, like, sinks to his knees in the snow. <laughs> yep, I'm going. Yeah, I'm going. Back up and I'm going. Yeah, you guys start running over to Corrin. You see, again, this this steam kind of, like, continuously exuding out from the exposed skin that he does have, the little pieces of light that break through the overcast sky and through the canopy of the trees out here in the snow. His hood is up, but you can see the cracks in his face are just kind of dried, pieced out, almost looking as though they peel, revealing this dead necrotic tissue and muscle beneath his face. And he just kind of looks up at you with his eyes barely open. Oh, children. Oh. God. <laughs> oh, he found me. <laughs> Why are you here? We are, uh... It's kind of a long story. Yes. Are you a... Can I, can I help you in some way? <clears throat> Can you blot out the sun? Uh, I can sure try. <laughs> we we can. Uh, can, can you? <laughs> if you'd like to. I got real worried there for a second. I was like, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold my arms out to like offer to hold Marybell to yeah. save his strength because he obviously looks like he's yeah fighting with it. Yeah, he is just kind of gingerly, slowly holding his arms out towards you, barely able to move much more from his chest. Thank you. I have my, um, my cloak that's not the one, like, not the new Mm -hmm. one, Mm -hmm. that I'll pull out and just, like, throw over his head. (laughs) Precious darkness. (laughs) Hello, darkness, my old friend. Is that correct, John? <laughs> yes. It's absolutely corn. <laughs> you just see his face and like his mouth just, <laughs> just as he inhales, just like suctions in. So you said he was steaming? Yes. I'm going to remove my glove and put it near where he's steaming. Sure, so he's steaming out of like the areas on his neck. You can see that there are pot like pieces on his shoulder, so He is mostly covered by the exterior of this cloak. There are pieces in which you can tell that the cloak is kind of tattered, especially in the areas in which he was struck in the fight with the monks. You can see that there are these small, like, punctured cracks and chipped away pieces of his armor beneath his cloak. You see that there are these thin, you know, very, like, very little depth, like the width of paper, pieces of steam kind of exuding out. You place your hand over it, uh, I'm gonna say that it's gonna feel, in, in terms of the radiating, you know, light exuding off of uh, a vampire kind of agonizing in the sun, I'll say it'll feel warm. Feel warm? Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess I'll kneel down in front of him mm-hmm. and remove my hood. Mm-hmm. Fish boy's here. I'm gonna <laughs> touch his face. Yeah, I mean, it's Where covered it's, by his cloak. His cloak? Um, well, it's she threw the cloak yeah. over his okay. face. Yeah, but I'm, I'll put my hand under then. Yeah, so you kind of like peel 
Oh. <laughs> oh, this is such a weird, intimate scene out of my eyes. With a man you've never met. Take oh, my daughter. <laughs> cover him up. And then just pat him down. Oh. Kiss him. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to also just touch his shoulder and cast guidance as sure. well. Uh, yeah, you feel against his skin, against your palm, this overwhelming chill, this sensation effectively like the same feeling that you get when your skin contacts cold snow. Mm. That like chill that radiates through your fingertips into your palm. That like nerve sensation that floods up your arm as he feels like ice to you. And he just kind of sighs as your hand contacts his skin and you hear this, ugh. That feels good, thank you. I'll, I'll look to the other. Th- th- this is him? Yes. Indeed? Yes. Are you, are you hot or, or cold? I'm so hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give him environmental adaptation. As an action, you creature you touch ignores the effects of extreme heat or cold, and I'll make him ignore heat. Very good. Bar now, three. All right, here you go. Yeah. You just kind of bathe him in this. It lasts for an hour. I'm sorry? It lasts for an hour. An hour? Cool. Yeah, you just kind of bathe him out around his neck. You see this exude down underneath the, like, collar area of his clothing going down over the skin. And he just kind of, like, again, breathes this heavy sigh. What did you just do? It'll help for a while. Thank you, friend. And you watch as he just kind of reaches up and just pulls this cloak like up and over his face, back over his hair, and just kind of down over his shoulders. Interesting. Never felt magic like that. Looks like maybe you should have brought a new cloak. As I left in a rush, you could say. Hmm. Indeed. Didn't really think about the Injuries from the monks. Are you still injured? No, I'm fine now. Good. Good. <laughs> I was going, literally going to take mending, and I was like, I'm not going to need that. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Got Remember, her again. I, I talked about burning you alive last, <laughs> last week with mending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to pull out my healer's kit. Uh, are you sure there's nothing that uh, I can assist you with if you are injured in any way I can try to help you no your magic will not again assist me and just kind of like gestures up and looks the warmth shaking his fist I hate you <laughs> <laughs> I'm my nemesis the sun son. again John or Corey uh-huh. Uh-huh. insert that uh-huh. Simpsons newspaper article <laughs> <laughs> old man yells at the sun sometimes you just gotta mm-hmm. do you know how Can't close we are <laughs> to the hag indeed the swamp is near not far oh, now don't suppose you'd mind if we joined you? Is that why you're all here? Uh, that's why we are here in particular. We were in the woods on a different bit of business, unfortunately. But fortunately for you, we are in the same part of the woods at this moment. We want to help? 
It would be far too dangerous for you. Hags are no joke. Well, we have you as well. To be fair, we took out one. Yes, it wouldn't be the first time. Death yell and all. And uh, I think that we've found a fair bit more danger since the last time we met. Unfortunately, as I said. Ratora, probably more than any of us. He just kind of looks over at you. Just kind of like reaches a hand out. Are you alright, child? Fuck. He just kind of like puts his head in his hands. Father, oh, that is fucking worse. <laughs> Why? Dad? It's been like three days. <laughs> And just constant agony. <laughs> problem after problem. I'm not mad. You're, just this you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Is Mary Bill okay? Are you asking Corin or me? No, you. Because like, she just kind of got like passed off to Yeah, no, she looks and, yeah, no, absolutely like unconscious, like mm-hmm. incapacitated in Vorce arms as though she is catatonic. Uh-oh. Yeah, she's still she's breathing. She's still breathing. Yeah, okay. she's not dead. She's breathing. But we're we're hitting that time where mostly dead. <laughs> mostly dead is apropos for this situation. I'm gonna now. walk over to her, mm-hmm. and lay my hand on her, and give her a hit point. Cool. Does she yeah. look better? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna give her a hit real quick. <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> yeah, he just he just kind of looks over at you, friend. Remember. I am also. If that was a thing, I would have done that days ago. (laughs) I wasn't sure the last time you had a chance to rest. Yes, it has been not an easy journey. Is this a byproduct of whatever else is going on with her? I believe so. I've been putting her to sleep. Then we should hurry. Yes? The sooner the better? What is, what is the plan when we get to the hags? What I, did you have planned? I intended to offer my soul in exchange for Mary Bell's life. I fear I am not able to defeat a hag. And I do not know if we even as a group are able to defeat a hag. Would defeating the hag solve the problem, do you think? I have no idea. But I do not know of any magic that would cleanse Mary Bell. We. <laughs> we have. I'll let Ratora explain. <laughs> That's. In a sense, why we're here. Um, for the hag? <laughs> no, not, not for the hag. For. Uh, to collect materials for a cleansing ritual. For? Yes. What is it? Oh, boy. A brand you know, of sorts? She is cursed. That's that's a that is, good way to put she it. She's actually cursed. Cursed by what? You know Adrian, right? Yes. Not anymore, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) New Adrian. Do you know his his basement? 
I've never been in that man's basement, no. Well, you probably won't. I'm not that's not out. necessarily yes. true, because apparently in his we're not far from it. Uh, that's, uh, you ask him <laughs> that. Two? He, 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 he has, has <laughs> two basements. One yes. of them. Yes. A man with two basements does <laughs> not seem trustworthy. Two words. Let me, from the beginning, I'll help you. Uh, we went to see Adrian. For something. There was some Why are you the one explaining? Why <laughs> 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 you went there? Why did we go? I don't even remember. For herbs. Herbs. That's was right. it for the herbs? Yeah, somebody yeah. had to come out here. So much has <laughs> happened. This bullshit place. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is bullshit. We should have just gone <laughs> out here and collected ten times more of the stuff we need because we talked to him. So <laughs> we uh, went to see Adrian <laughs> to buy herbs <laughs> to make ailments. With a curse knife. Mm. Uh, Adrian took a liking to Ethier and I and was quite interested in doing visions and for us and with us. What do you mean visions? Uh, he put us in a magic circle and would take what? our... <laughs> it's going to get worse before it gets better. If you just I flip to it to help him. He's Good God. Hold any, any feedback until the end. Um, hold your applause. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Just <laughs> I'm not associated with this man at all. Just walks away with Mary Bell. <laughs> I swear I came later. <laughs> um, that's Graham. Perhaps we can save the lengthy story for after we get past. Fair. Long story short, we killed him. Very good. <laughs> with a cursed dagger. It's well, a pet. Not very good. Retora <laughs> killed him with a cursed dagger. Even worse. Yeah. <laughs> Take some credit, Neskrim. You were there. I was there. He wanted me to kill him with the dagger, and Rit- you all are just. <laughs> he he said best. skip. Well, that that's it now. Yeah, that's that's basically. So that's the essence of it, at least. Yes. I'm glad we we can. We cliff noted me. Yes, we <laughs> very can bad. get to the details. If we get service <laughs> when we get back, next bit of business. Very good. Uh, he also did have a hag eye in his shop, likely belonging to the hag you are going to see. So, uh, she most certainly hates us. So we're going to assist you in killing her to help Mary Bell. Fantastic. <laughs> She's going to be pissed one way or the other, and as you said, you're not. I don't know if she would take your soul and if it would even cleanse her, but we will help you fight her. If it comes to that. Understood. I'm sorry to once more risk your lives, friends. We owe you a life. Indeed. And feeling better. Much. Good. I'm able to drink water and not choke again. He's thirstier in other ways. True. Indeed. That's all the crying he's been doing. Indeed. Indeed. Oh, uh, yes, I'm also the white bone. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> Again, long story. Skipping. skipping. Yep. Is he still to? on his knees? Yeah. I'm going to help him up. Yeah. He just kind of places a very heavy <laughs> hand. Oh! <laughs> yep. Uh, strength. Advantage on strength checks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Please don't crush me. He's a very big man with a lot of heavy things. That's a 16 on the die. Minus two. Yeah, we're good. You're just like, you kind of struggle underneath the immediacy of the weight. You concentrate. You shift your adaptive focus. Or were you already on it? Uh, I was not on it. You weren't on it. Yeah, Yeah. you shift your adaptive focus and you just like 
slowly utilize your leverage and your telekinetic energy to support his his legs from the back, and he stands and rises. As I'm pulling him up, I'll say, the slums need their healer back. Yes, I'm afraid that... It was not something I wished to have to do. Yes, the, the guild could use your help still with the ailment. Yes, there are still a lot of sick people in the city. It's also Indeed. part of the reason we've come out, is to retrieve herbs for the ailment. Interesting. We did gather some seeds as well from some of the plants to perhaps see if we can plant them within the city somewhere. Well, that's good. If we make it through <clears throat> through this with your soul, then perhaps you could take some of these things back to the city. I would be happy to help. I'm sure that Mary Bell would appreciate having her father around. It would be would a shame help. to have her soul saved only to lose what she has found. Yes. I would hope. Yeah, he just kind of looks over at all of you and just kind of gives like a solemn nod <laughs> and just turns and begins to walk once more through the snow to the north. No. Nobody has like a needle and thread, right? <laughs> just stitch it back together as you're going. <laughs> Your cloak. <laughs> We've got to wait. Oh, this that's is... Not, it might get ripped it. up in a fight, but... How long does your thing last? An hour. An hour. Yeah, no, it's got to be taken care of before that hour runs out. Well, I can't I mean, fix it. Well, that's it'll why it'll last me. long enough probably to get us the rest of the way into this swamp. Mm-hmm. Can worry about the uh, the journey back afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say that you guys going at a normal pace, you know that a mile would only take you about thirty minutes. Okay. Like okay. you have the snowshoes, you're not in an area in which the the heaviness of the snow is really affecting it, and it is also a very small piece of the sky that is breaking through mm-hmm. and is overcast. Okay. We do have someone who can check the weather. Mm-hmm. I will. <laughs> Is she threatening to stab me? With this goddamn dagger. <laughs> I cast stab. Fine. You want to make more holes? Sure. Hip. <laughs> it's up to you. Offer, not a requisite. I mean, I need to know if I can use my magic going into this. <laughs> well, Yellow also, Mo, you have that potion. Well, also reassure you and say that in the mm-hmm. three hours of journeying, you have not felt any of those similar tugs. Mm-hmm that the possession has indicated to you previously. And again, you were going north by northeast. Mm-hmm. You have that potion. I do? Yes? Can you have that at the ready? Of course. I'll catch Druidcraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you once more hold your hands out. And you watch as these intense clouds just begin to gather. Graying and darkening, mm-hmm. indicating Again, a heavier storm in approximately three to four hours. It remains overcast for a while, and then 
around 5 to 6 p.m. today, there is going to be a very heavy, heavy blizzard. Mm -hmm. And it is going to last until about 10 p.m. So about a five-hour blizzard stretching from 5 p.m. to 10, 10 p.m. And then after that, it stays very overcast for the next half a day for mm -hmm. the remainder of your Druidcraft. Well, we should at least have cloud cover. It'll make traversing difficult, but... We won't have to worry about the sun. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, Corin. Yes. Should the worst happen to either you or Mary Bell, know that I will do what I need to make sure that you are able to rest. The both of you. Uh, thank you, friend. Of course. After all these years, rest sounds. Very tempting. I appreciate the offer, but I will not let Mary Bill die. Nor will I. Thank you. As I'm holding Mary Bill, I'm gonna like drop to a knee, so that mm -hmm. way I can kind of like hold her with my one arm and mm -hmm. then like brace the rest of her with my knee that's up, mm -hmm. and like check her face and everything. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming she's probably really pale mm -hmm. from being cold and yes. malnourished. She's very bundled up, but mm -hmm. yes, you can feel in her in your arms. It wasn't like Corin was struggling for the weight for her. She's 13, she maybe weighs, especially with being pretty emaciated at this point, she's about like 110, 120-ish pounds. Like, she's mostly fully grown, so she's hitting that more adult weight of like that 13-ish year old girl. So, I mean, it's not like Corin was struggling for the weight. Warren was struggling mostly because of the difficulties for him with yeah. the sun. Yeah. But you can feel that she's frail, very pale, very cold to the touch, despite being very bundled up. Okay. You can feel that her her heaviness in your arms is not really very difficult for you to bear as a strong man. Yeah. And you just continually see these sighs and slow breathings. Yeah, I'm gonna stand back up with her. I just wanted to like give her a good check over and make sure there's nothing actively mm -hmm. <laughs> horrifying. Yeah, happening. Absolutely. <laughs> Continue northward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we go uh, about 20-ish minutes until we start to breach into this area of swamplands. You start to see the trees become more sporadically spread, sparsely populated. You hit this area where it swiftly declines from the height of this snow as though there's these festering bubbly pools of murky water in the distance as you're hitting this precipice as you cross this threshold into this strange, eerie, cantankerous, very powerful, potent bog. You look to the sides as you hit this threshold and you can see that it stretches outside of the existence of your vision for this overcast day, indicating to you that you can see maybe 200 yards, 300 yards in that direction, sparsely populated trees that look very thin and wiry and twisted. They look gnarled. They look as though they're oozing. <laughs> Not with like a wetness, a dampness from this snow. And you can see that as the snow falls around in this area, there are these pockets of almost popping pustule-like pustule -like essences that burst out of these puddles that 
acidically melt the snow before it ever touches the ground, as though the area in which you are standing fights back against the existence of the weather nearby. <laughs> DJ, are you alright? I've played too much amnesia in the past couple of days. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's just uh, the air the Yeah, humidifier. just the sudden beeping. <laughs> but these, these puddles of murky, decrepit-looking uh, decrepit branch-filled puddles in the areas around you look as though they're occupying these uh, again, not intricately crafted patterns. They look as though they are these strange, amorphous, irregularly shaped circles that stain and mire the bog here. So about 200 yards that way, 200 yards that way, you're able to see about 200 yards ahead of you through these, maybe a tree every 10 to 15 feet, these winding pathways that weave through this area of this bog. You can tell that the pathways are about typically seven-ish feet wide. I'm going to say that they're typically single file to weave through these terribly murky puddles. Again, that you can see pop with this strange sense of cantankerous acidity, harsh sulfur that just melts the snow before it ever touches the ground. I'm going to use divine sense. Sure. 60 feet. Oh, I'll double check it to be safe, but... Celestial um, Fiend Undead. 60 feet, yep. Not behind total cover. Yeah, sense, Corin. <laughs> undead. Right. Does it not also reveal... I will say that door. there is nothing else within the 60 feet approximation. Again, you can see the 200 yards out. You don't see anything currently. Okay. Well, oh uh, yeah, Corin, do you know which way? I've never been here, no. At least not this far, and I would imagine still this way. Straight on? Probably. Can it's you, clear enough we'll be able to see it. Can you lead us first? I suppose I could. Don't <laughs> suppose anybody has a uh, handkerchief or a bandana. Sure, I do. Check and see. Could you just pull your cloak over your face? Yeah, I would assume it would have enough of a collar that I could pull it up. Absolutely. And it would, I just want to protect my nose because we're walking through sulfur clouds and that's yes. going to burn my fucking nose. Absolutely, <laughs> you're able to protect your good old sniffer. The snoot. You've got to protect it. Mm-hmm. As Wu uh, has gone back on. Protect mm-hmm. your snoot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Traveling north, following Vorst. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I'm still carrying my repel too, so I don't know if I should go first. Maybe or... uh, Nesgrim can go first and you point him in the right direction. Or if you'd like, I could carry Mary Bell. Maybe Nesgrim so. could go first. And... No, I'm going <laughs> to palm the gem and summon the sword and I'll go first. Sure. That works. Yeah. Goggles. Absolutely. Thank you, friend. Okay. Absolutely. Please, your walking order, because Corin would be behind you. So, y'all am low, then Corin. Probably Vorst behind you. Probably yep. Vorst. I'll go behind Vorst. I'll bring up the rear as I always do. Okay. Excuse me. I'll be behind <laughs> Ethereum. 
And then you'll be in front of Nazgrim behind Rator. Very good. You guys are slowly making your way through these areas. These again, acidic dark bubbles bursting out, popping. You hear this festering bubbling. Very off-putting. You're getting every bubble pop. You're getting this again, not only odor of sulfur as it breaks and releases these gases, you're getting this like upsetting foul like methane. Low tide. Like acrid smelling. Yes. Like Mm -hmm. it smells incredibly harsh and unpleasant. Where you're getting not only that smell of the bog itself, but you are beginning to get that that familiar, all too familiar odor of death exuding out from the bog. Uh, I imagine Corin doesn't smell all that great from cooking in the sun either. Correct. No, he does not. Uh, Don, what's your new passive perception? 22? 22. 22. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I am going to tell you that as you're making your way through the bog, you can see that in some of these deeper puddles, you can see that there are these decrepit, decayed, but preserved, almost eerie, embalmed corpses in pieces so like you see the severed arm Uh, outstretched out i thought that's where this is going you see like half of a face still intact the other half a skull now flesh flayed where there is nothing left on the skull just like oh my god (laughs) i have so much work to do (laughs) i must clear the fog i gotta Um, be pure Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to be pure. Yeah. Ether slowly becoming pure. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, slowly you're, shaving all you're his hair off. You're winding through. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna like tear up. Yeah, Obviously, absolutely. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I'm also gonna look down, kind of terrified, because mm-hmm. that looks very similar to the thing I've seen in the past. What's your passive perception? Oh right, I wouldn't see it. That's fair. Fifteen. <laughs> yes. Nope. I would not point that out. It is very murky, dark water. That's the reasoning for why he can see it. He's able to make it out. Not because you're a bone man. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like, ooh, I know all about bones. (laughs) It's like, oh my god, I'm so perceptive now. I hate that I see everything. Right. But I'm going to punish you for taking a No, no. I will reward with these horrors of my imagination yeah. instead. No, that's... It's not punishing. It's reward with no, horror. I, I, as a player, I love yeah, that. That's absolutely. great. Ether is, like, actually mm-hmm. crying. Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking about those, too. Mm-hmm. Like, bogs. I'm like, what happens in real bog? I'm like, oh, yeah, that happens. Yeah, yeah bog bogs. mummies. Yeah, it's a real bad, thing. Bad times. Real bad times. Uh, Lawrence, uh, please, as the party member leading the party, uh, I'm going to ask you to make a dexterity saving throw. You got the goggles, so I'm going to give you advantage. Just in terms of being able to continuously keep sure footing um, through these winding passageways. It's an 11. An 11? Yeah. I'll say that as you're going through one of these winding passageways, you begin to feel that beneath your feet, beneath your boots at the soles, you can feel that the water is kind of like softening the ground here to where you can feel that it's becoming a little bit sticky, a little bit muddy. Your your boots don't catch where you're getting stuck. It almost feels like sludge that separates. So, you know, like, the visuals of a mudslide? Mm-hmm. You step in a pocketed area, you elevate your foot out, you get that stick, and that sludge just, like, tar slow creeps down into the bog. You get that really satisfying but upsetting kerplunk as this sludge just... 
into this festering bog, and you see this bubble rise out from it and burst. Those are good noises. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but you're safe. No, no difficulty in terms of just an awareness of, ah, it's dangerous to even walk here. Watch your footing as we continue. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say that as the individual with the goggles in terms of how efficient your vision is after about 35 40 ish yards you're able to see through this kind of winding awkward bog grove of gnarled trees in the distance this rising set of smoke columning out of this pinnacle of a chimney that you're able to see of this decrepit, green-stained, mossy chimney with these pieces of attached straw kind of bursting through the area in which the sealant of, like, the, the you know, caulk that is utilized to seal the bricks the together mortar. kind of break through. Yeah, the mortar. Thank you. You see smoke? You see smoke. A dark, kind of charcoaly, blackish smoke exuding out of this chimney as you begin to cross through. And point to it as we keep yeah. approaching. And we continue to approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The cottage doesn't have chicken legs, does it? No. Okay. Not yet, buddy. Not yet. Uh huh. Point it out and continue walking. Yeah. Uh, you can tell that as you guys continue to weave and wind through, I'll ask you to make one more dexterity saving throw with advantage. Uh, higher ones a 19. 19, yeah. Uh, this one, as you step, your foot once more kind of sinks slightly into the muck right here at your foot. You elevate out and you watch once more as this sludge that kind of sticks to the sole of your boot descends creeping down, same style art as like creeping tar pit, just almost like flubbers into the puddle near you. And again, kerplunks and splashes down into this pustule and another bubble elevates and rises and bursts. You're okay. I will say that we are about 70 yards away, 60 yards away, and I will describe to you what you're going to see in the distance through this clearing. You can see, it's not really a clearing, but again, goggles utilizing the beneficial site. You're able to see that there are these um, kind of front mark trees that almost form this winding narrowing column where it's instead of the sparsely populated gnarled twisted trees that have been 20-ish to 15 feet apart from each other you see almost like this grove winding and forming twisting into this kind of centralized area, almost like this formation of what would be perceived in, from a top-down view as like the cul-de-sac of a neighborhood or like the light bulb in your hand, uh, culminating in this bulbous, more pocketed area, tunneling things in. You can see at the edge of your distance, this now thatched roof begin to come into focus through this area. You can see the steam and the smoke pouring up still. You can see also a smaller, darkish, 
gray pocket of smoke at a different elevation, heightening upwards as though a cooking fire is currently lit. Uh, you can see in the distance at your 60 feet away, a large cauldron currently bubbling, a fire lit beneath it, it elevated by spokes and a spit, handle attached over this flame, the flames lapping at the bottom of this very dark wrought iron cauldron. To the right side, you can see these creepy, twisted, prickly bushes that look like vines encasing themselves as though they were fingers wrapping and intertwining together, pocketed around the different spots here. You can see a large, tall, square-shaped stone uh, about 15-ish feet in height. It looks angled as though the bottom is an intact square, but the elevation of it has a slight declination to it. And at the bottom of it, you can see... Uh, actually, I can't say that you would see that at the bottom of it, just because of the, the height and like the curvature of the earth, but you can tell that there is something on the ground below this angular portion. You can't see exactly what it is, but you can see that there is some grooves and indentations. And you hear, in the distance, this very soft, echoing humming. <laughs> and we're going to take an intermission. Uh, friends, we'll be right back. See you in a few minutes. Welcome back, everyone. We are back. Oh, you can see the whiteboard. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. No chat for me. Uh, yeah, we're here uh, in this clearing. Glenn, mm -hmm. you want, can you uh, zoom that out just a touch? <laughs> you should see the pumpkin. Thank you, mm -hmm. cameraman Vorst. Mm -hmm. Come on, Pippin. Uh, Come on. Uh, there we go. Perfect. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we're back <laughs> with 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 this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Here we are. Ooh. Yeah, those are the things that have been described to you as you can see them through this clearing. Uh, you hear that shrill, high-pitched humming as you see, again, what you would be able to see. A tall, about seven foot tall, seven and a half-ish foot tall, long, thin, frail-armed woman holding this great wooden handle, slowly stirring this viscous liquid in front of her with a great dark green coloration to it. Bubbling pustules of pockets that burst as she just... She seemed to notice us at all. No indication. Guess we're gonna keep pressing yeah. forward into this clearing. It's up to you guys. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. 
Onward. Forward, you guys move to where you would like to move. I would say that as you're getting to about there, as you hit that threshold, you see her eyes just kind of look up at all of you. Does the path uh, open up at this point? Thank you. That's about as narrow as it would have been. There's trees back there. I ran out of small trees. I don't want to block the camera angle. Yeah. That would descend backwards. Like we're not yeah, still like single file. Right? Correct, yeah. yeah. There's not like a fuckload of open space. Again, yep. I'm just out of trees. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you see this oh, beautiful, beautiful lady <laughs> look up at all of you. You can see this long, crooked, pointed nose as it just kind of whirls to the side and then angles downward. Just that obvious bent in it long, thin, spirally hair that is straight as it goes down and looks as though it frays out to the side as though you were to shred the bottom of a broom. Just cracked, straw-like hair dangling over her collar. This great, large, billowing, almost oversized gray cloak that winds around her neck. You can see the hood down currently, kind of like gathered lightly around the edges of her shoulders. You can see that her thin wiry frame is kind of hidden by the width of this cloak as it descends down towards her feet and you see this curious bubbling still popping right in front of her. What color is her skin? Her skin is like a palette blue. Out her hair. Her hair is white. How many eyes does she have? One. She already doesn't like you. <laughs> Over <Just kidding>. one. <laughs> one eye you can see is closed. As she just looks up all of you. Or looks up at all of you. <laughs> and she just softly twirls her fingers towards herself. Don't be strangers. You seem like you're expecting company. <clears throat> Figured I'd make a meal for us all. <laughs> I'll keep moving forward. I'll walk forward as yep. well. Yep. Keep formation, yeah. Indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay at the side, though. I would probably start to walk more to the side than... Yeah, I, say, I don't want to be in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys fan out slightly as you begin to approach her. She just continues to stir. You watch as she's stirring and you can see, you know that sensation when you're stirring something and you hit a very large chunky object in it and you can see that it like veers to the side slightly as it clunks against something dense and obviously quite large in here. How big is this pot? It's a big mat- it's a potato. Oh, I mean, it's bigger than that indication. Stew. It would be a large pot. It's like seven by seven. Oh my Feet? god. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes. Actually, though, I'm not kidding at all. It's fucking <laughs> massive. That's why she's very like a tall. Coaster. How do you get that thing out here? You roll it. Carefully. <laughs> no, magic. It's like this, except nothing like this. Yeah. No, it's genuinely like we don't have a very large cauldron of that That's size. Fair. I didn't want to use a well because I did want to maintain the semblance of the visual of the cauldron. But, like, it is about 
between five by five, seven by seven, approximately it's that size. It's taking up that entire square. Correct. Yeah, yeah that Jeez. entire two by two that is occupied by that cauldron. Wow. Yeah, tall lady. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't really think this far ahead. I can tell. <laughs> Any reaction from Corin as we approach? Yeah, I mean, Corin just kind of looks at her disdainfully, and she's just smiling at him specifically as she stirs. Family reunion, it seems! <laughs> Our daughter, then? And she just kind of takes one hand off this handle of this ladle and points at Mary Bell's body in your arms. <laughs> Squeeze her a little tighter than I'm holding her. Fuck, I don't like this already. Is this? <laughs> that is what we're here to talk to you about. Uh, a conversation. Mm hmm. Hopefully. Pleasure. It's all mine. <laughs> what's up? What's up? <laughs> it's getting weird. Sure I know what I'm about to be. offer her. I'll take him. I don't need him. I'd come to the side of corn. No one is safe from the effects of my charm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, uh, I will approach very, very. Keep me over. No, no, no. I'll do it. Yep, wherever you want to be. I'm actually going to stand in front of Vorst and just block Maribel from sure from sight. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you can see over my head. I'm pretty sure you're taller than me, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see that as you guys approach, she stops stirring and lets it kind of just whirlpool around as it slowly clambers around the side clanking against these ridges in the wrought iron, because again, it is an imperfectly constructed cauldron. And you see this ore begin to slowly halt its movement as she just looks out at all of you and just kind of cracks all the bones in her fingers. <sighs> Been there. Nice. <laughs> How are you all finding the cold comfortable? Are we? Reminds me of home. It's not so bad, really. I feel safe out here. Safe. Well, of course you're safe. You're home with me. Here for a lovely luncheon, aren't we? What are we eating? And she just slowly, like, purses her lips, and then licks them softly. You look to be a perfect compliment to this dish. I've been told that. What a dish. Well, would you like to be the first to have a taste? No, thank you. <laughs> what do you mean? What's in it? What isn't? In it. You'll have to forgive him. He's had a rough track record with taste testing. <laughs> and women. That too. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, could I offer you? And she just goes and reaches for the handle. 
and begins to stir. And you hear this, like, kerplunk, kerplunk, as she's just splashing this over. Kind of like that motion when you're whipping. Mm-hmm. And you hear just, like, the droll splash, splash. As you're standing here adjacent to it, you can see that there are definitively small portions of... Um, Small portions of rabbit in terms of, like, if you were to crudely chop mm-hmm. without removing the fur, without doing anything to clean it. Yeah. It's just... No processing. Oh. Yeah. Smush. Throw it in. You see bird. You see rabbit. You see frog. So when she said, like, everything... Everything. What's exactly. not in it? Uh-huh. Oh, no, that's where all the animals went. Not Yeah. Bob, the frog toad. Uh-huh. I uh, think I'll no. pass. But oh, boy. I appreciate the offer. Not hungry, are you? Yes, I had a large breakfast. <laughs> I do like when they're full and supple. Okay. <laughs> you don't sound nearly as uncomfortable as I would hope. It's like... <laughs> We might, have, into it. we might have to take a second in the motion. <laughs> He's definitely into it. <laughs> well, uh... You watch as Corrin just kind of steps forward towards her. I'm not here for games. I want my daughter's soul. And I want it now. And you see she just kind of like slowly turns her one eye without moving her head from looking in your direction. She just cross-eyes over towards Corin, oh. like, unnervingly. It gives you that same twitchy sensation that the eye absolutely did in the jar. And Corin just is staring kind of steadfast at her, and she just smiles in your direction. <laughs> and then her head slowly begins to turn to catch up with her oh. eye, and she centralizes her visit- vision on Corin. I believe that's my daughter now, sir. And you see him just kind of struggle to contain that bridling rage inside of him. I'm going to walk around to, like, the side of Corn to mm-hmm. just keep Marybelle close to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hope, hopefully that, like, the presence of her will keep him... Composed. Composed. Mm-hmm. Move me forward. Knowing that he's not going to endanger his daughter any further. Like ten feet. <clears throat> yeah. Yep, that's good. Thank you. Yeah. He just kind of shudders and takes a moment. Certainly. Mm, certainly it doesn't have to be that way. That she's mine. Well, she's not yours yet. Clearly. Yes? Oh, you can't interrupt. Transformations, they are without end. So there's no way. No way? Why would there be a way? A bargain? Or perhaps just the way that things are? She just kind of slowly licks her lips again. 
I do always fancy what people are interested in exchanging for something else. <laughs> However, the third of a coven is quite alluring. Would be hard to pass up on her. Would she be the third? For my coven, yes. Are you sure? Yes, Mr. Ethier. Oh, God. <laughs> I am ever so certain. Right, so there's another. A sister of mine, yes. What happened to the third? There is no third yet, sir. That's why I want the girl. Oh, so desperately to be under my supreme supervision. She will be quite content with me. And where is the other? Home. She won't be joining us. No. She has other business to attend to. Hmm. Other people to gather. I don't think so. No? Interesting. Where is home? Around in the woods. It's all ours. Mr. Ethier. She just kind of grievously, like, grins in your direction. <laughs> I did ever so love that foolish man. Is this what? how it happened to you? Happened to me. Well, you were made, yes? Perhaps long ago. There is nothing but this for me now. Oh, you don't remember? I'm sure there's fond days of growing up. Learning your ways of now. Oh, I am quite fond of things as they are now. But you don't long for those days of spry activity? I'm still very spry. I see that. You keep up with the place very well. Thank you. And she just slowly dips a finger into the stew. And you watch as she just pinches this small frog leg. And just slowly keeps eye contact with you. And inserts it down to like the edge of the foot. And just drains it. And just holds the bone. Mm. <laughs> We're getting there, but I think it could use a bit more meat. You said it's green? Mm-hmm. Like a bright green or like a... Like the kind of color of when you like mix everything in your cabinet together and then throw some spinach in there. Kind of like that green. Yeah. Oh. The latter. Mm -hmm. She just tosses the bone to the side into the snow. Or sorry, into the little bit of muck that's here by her. If you are not here to bargain, I will not waste my time. <clears throat> well, what are you offering? What do you mean, what am I offering? What? I already have what I want. You don't... She's mine. 
Not yet. She's still with us, is she not? Yes, please keep her in your company. <laughs> How I would love to see that. You would be ever so proud of what she would become. Is there nothing you want in exchange? Interesting. Very interesting to see you out here in the cold. Not smelled you in ages. We've never met. She kind of curiously twists her head in your direction. No, we haven't. Have we? Grins very tightly, where? curling around the edges of her mouth. Where are you from? From? She just kind of looks up at the sky around her. Not so far away anymore. So close, aren't you? Coming. A reckoning for your foolish friends. Friend. Interesting. You see Corin just kind of like slowly begin to gain, regain his composure and just looks at her once more. None of you need to offer anything. This is my duty and my task to bear. We do not wish for you to offer anything either. She may not accept your offer. She has what she wants. She may not hold up her end of the bargain either. You see Corrin just kind of, again, take another half a step forward. I am undying and I will serve. Give her back. And the hag just stops looking at Ratora. Undying man. I've no need for servitude. <laughs> Not from something like you. And she just points like directly at his chest, her bony finger reaching far across this cauldron as you see the incredibly extensive, thin, frail arms emaciated holding out over these pustulant bubbles at this cauldron. And servitude from what? There's no need for servitude here. We're a family. Family cares for one another, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, how you each value family, don't you? Precious trinkets of loved ones. Family is important? Yes, it is. Of course it is. And it's ever so exciting to bring another into my family. But there could be more. I'm gonna pull out the broken dagger 
Mm-hmm. I can offer you this. A simple dagger. Meaningless. This has been worked on by one of the most talented craftsmen in Oshwamp. A dagger. A dagger nonetheless. It's just like the... Yeah. There's no... Mm-hmm. No handle. Interesting. Well, I guess they have the handle, mm-hmm. just also the... Mm-hmm. It's not attached to mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Should have got that mending spell. I appreciate your eagerness to try to help. It would make you so very welcome as a sister to me. No. You speak for her? I don't speak for her, of course. Interesting. But I will protect her. Such love. To watch that Strangle the life out of it would be ever so delightful. I'm gonna do it. You can try. (laughs) Try. Oh my. You are such a delightful man, and Adrian was very right to watch over you so carefully. Was. Yes. The fool is dead. Indeed. And he is delectable in his own way. Did he receive the dagger from you? Dagger? Yes. You knew the man? Curious dagger. Indeed. It was. Is. Is. Yes. Yes. Lovely construction. Mm. Ever so intricately made. Beautiful. So you do have an interest in blades? Some. Some more than others, my friend. Indeed. (laughs) This one? It's very shiny. Quite nice. nice. You might have been the worst hag I could have ever known. <laughs> Your bargaining skills are left wanting. <laughs> A compliment, really? Sure. In the falsities of mortals, certainly. If we were discussing blades? How is yours holding up? Quite alright. Good. And how do you feel to be home? I feel fine, but I don't think that this blade is yours. Perhaps. Perhaps. Which blade? I mean, I have it out. (laughs) Sure. A gift, but it seems that perhaps you're a mediator. Of sorts. Sometimes I am asked to do things by powers transcendent of mine, and I am want to uphold my end of bargains. No one would 
transact with me should I lose my reputation in the woods. Why give me this blade? Why? <laughs> For this very moment, my good sir. For this one? Of course. Why not use it? If you're here to halt wickedness before it grows and rots, why not halt it? I'm here to halt it. That is why I'm in these woods. There is another way. I intend to use the blade to procure that way. And unfortunately, I need this man. I don't suppose that I can have his help if we do not have her soul intact. And so, if I have been given this blade for a purpose, one that you admit is above your own. Would it not be in line with that purpose to return this girl's soul? My duty was only to deliver, and I delivered. Understood. I am now solved of that bargain. Having completed my task. But you are not absolved of wickedness. I'm not wicked. <laughs> what wickedness is there here besides your wretched friend? You're currently eating a decaying man. Middle management. Is that wicked? I think we would all agree, yes. That's pretty wrong. It's gross. You consume the dead, do you not? Dead, yes, not rotting. Well, there's nothing rotting in here. Adrian was not rotting. Oh, no, Adrian's not in the stew. Simple man. Simple man? You call me a simple man! (laughs) (laughs) And she begins to turn to walk away towards this side of her house. Where the pumpkin is? Yes, where the pumpkin is. (laughs) (laughs) To the pumpkin. Mm -hmm. Uh, As she walks away into her mind, I'll say, can you fix her? You just hear a soft chuckle out loud as this woman turns and begins to step away. (laughs) Fix. She's not yet fixed from her limited mortal flesh. She will be so much greater soon. Like me. Continues walking. You value family, yes? Of course. You say that you're not wicked, yet you are breaking up this union of a family here. Removing this man's child from him. He can come visit whenever he likes. It is only right for a bird to leave the nest. (laughs) Would she be the same 
continues walking. You hear as you call out to her, would she be the same? And what is me? As herself. Would she not be changed? Of course, she'd grow up. I'm gonna hand Mary Bell to Ethier and approach. Approach the hag? Yeah, like to the edge of the cauldron. Like okay. walk after her, but like sure. at a distance. Yeah, she's around that edge now. You wish for family? I have none of my own. They are gone. Perhaps you could give this child back to this man so that they may be a family again. In exchange for... What is it that you want instead? I would love for my coven to be complete and you have only one suitable candidate besides the young girl. Am I not suitable for you? You cannot be like me. Forgive me, it's a lady's duty. Who is your other sister? My sister? The second of your coven. Oh. Well, I believe in names. I simply call her sister. I'm going to take the Desiel's teacup uh-huh. out of my bag mm-hmm. and just toss it to the to the ground in front of her. Yeah, she's turned away, so I'll say that you're able to throw it in the area right behind her. And you hear it just kind of like clank as it hits a small pebble in the muck near her feet. And she just kind of pauses. And she doesn't move. (laughs) And I'm going to say, because you guys aren't looking at her, you're not going to see, but that one eye darts to the side and down and fixes. And you watch as she just points at it. No. No, no, no. No. That was not nice, was it, sister? She is not your sister. She will be, won't she? Retori, you will not be. You are such a good person, aren't you? You would give anything to do the right thing. Can't stay quiet, can we? You can do the right thing for the wrong reasons. Can we? And you watch as this teacup just kind of lightly illuminates and elevates out of the muck and slides over towards her hand outstretched, resting in her palm. Perhaps you would like to have a drink with me inside. If not, I'll simply continue cooking. And you watch as she pulls this teacup towards her chest. And it disappears in front of her. She takes another step. It seems to me that she is unwilling to bargain. How vulnerable and weak. Frail, Adrian was right. 
and you just hear this creaking of wood as though resting her hand on something that is unsteady and unstable. You guys, again, players, know that there is a cart over here. <laughs> you hear the soft squeaking turning of wheels. If she's not willing to bargain, plan B. What's Corrin's face doing? Corrin is just staring into this cauldron, just confused, uncertain of what to do. Just beaten. Yeah. A man who is willing to offer everything and feels as though he's been denied and is uncertain of now. Can he risk all of you? Yaluma. Do you hear the wheels begin to squeak? What is it? If she's not willing to bargain, are we going to kill her? Seems that we have no other option. In which okay. direction is she moving? Oh, there. <laughs> uh, out, back towards you guys, pushing the cart. I put my hand on Corrin's back. Corrin, mm-hmm. we are with you. Draw my sword and my shield. Sure. All of you would see me draw my sword and my shield. You are not leaving. She's coming out. <laughs> you see That's the, right. You see, yeah, you see the edge of the cart. She's beginning to push it in the direction of you guys. Oh. Uh-huh. I misunderstood. I thought she was dragging it behind her. No, no, you're fine. No, What's in the she's, cart? She's pushing. What's in the cart, you say? Mm-hmm. What is in the cart, you say? Oh, oh my. You see, stretched out over the edge of the cart, what looks like a severed pale arm, kind of loosely hanging as it's toppled, a small burlap-like... Palm up or palm down? Palm down. Okay. A small burlap-like tarp over it. You can see that the tarp is kind of clinging to this feminine form beneath. And you can see that there are blood-stained kind of like patches that kind of cling to this body. <laughs> Weak and frail. She is stronger than you will ever be. Of course she is in your eyes, Mr. Ether. You're blind. She must not have been more weak or frail than Desiel. Oh, Desiel was nothing. Desiel was simply too valuable to lose. Oh, you lost her. Oh, no. No, no, no. Lost is not the right word, my good friend. Not entirely. You watch as she pushes this card and the burlap catches in the side. And you see this decrepit form as this tarp begins to pull aside. And you see this emaciated, thin, frail framework where there is loose skin sagging off the skeletal structure of the body of Desiel. <laughs> Changes sometimes leave behind remnants that can be 
<laughs> Returned. And she tips the cart towards the cauldron. I'm gonna kick the cauldron over. You can make an attack roll with an unarmed strike. It's seven feet across. Yeah, yeah. there's no way. You're gonna hurt it's yourself. It's iron cauldron. Full you can of give it a shot. That is seven feet across and hot. Yeah. Do it with hot stew. You're also all the way back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I would move forward. And I'm gonna use my sword. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's up on a spat, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna take my sword and chop one of the pieces of wood. Break it and make the cauldron fall. Mm-hmm. So I'll make an attack roll against the wood. It's iron, but yeah, you can make an attack roll yeah. against the iron bars and the iron hanging. Absolutely. Ward me for my hubris. As the body plunges. Why? Why? Why do you do this? Did you push it in? Why it's not in that one. Yeah, but <laughs> you, you could have just not said it, and I'm sure it would have been a better roll. It's a ten to hit. Ten. Precious, precious cauldrons. Yeah, uh, you clang against this heavy, dense, wrought iron bar, thick, and your sword just clashes against it and reverberates slightly in your hands and bounces backwards towards you, and she giggles at you as this lifeless husk of Desiel plummets in. And you watch this bubbling begin to form into this triangular shape, bubbling out, bursting. And she looks at each of you. (laughs) I don't like rudeness. Not at all. You're not the first to tell me that? No. Nor will you be the last. (laughs) Sorry. She was also right about you. Weak. Can't commit to anything, can you? Promises you let wither. Swearing you'll do better next time. Hmm? There is no next time. as the cauldron begins to bubble over spilling out this horrific green liquid it's the lips and it begins to sprawl down the sides I'll say into her mind once again mm-hmm. don't be a fool bargain return the girl <laughs> how I cherish the hubris of a man who thinks he knows where he is when this is my home and you all feel this sudden chill whip around you kind of like this vortex from this cauldron emanating outwards kind of spiraling you see no wind You just feel this sudden sensation 
pulling at the back of your body as though a tempest is forming inside of this cauldron. I have a bargain for you. Well, not so much a bargain, I suppose, as a choice. Of course. The girl's life or yours? Alcalis. When we arrived, you said you wouldn't waste your time. You've already wasted more than I was willing to part with. Consider my kindness. Concluded. And she places a hand wasn't over aware. the cauldron. Wasn't aware it ever began. She places a hand over the cauldron. I wonder if that cauldron is missing an ingredient. She pauses. As the hand slowly hovers over. And what ingredient do you have to add to this, my dear sweet sister? Your blood. Not yours, hers, but... Yalumo, do you have that bottle I gave you? I do, yes. I think it might go quite nice here. If you insist. Grab the bottle from. Mm-hmm. Sure. Be my guest, darling. I'm certain it'll go exactly as you intend. Dump it in. Yeah. You tilt this vial over and you watch as this light liquid pours out, contacts the surface, and you watch as it forms that different viscosity kind of film over the top, and it begins to slowly part and burst, break through, descending downwards. <laughs> Thank you, dear. I will absolutely need a nap when I'm done with you. And she reaches into the cauldron. And we will end there. Oh, boy. (sighs) Well, friends, thank you very much for watching this evening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, We will be back next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time for the next episode of The City of Oshwamp. Coming up this week, we have the... uh, Lost Kings of Adorus on Friday at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, and the uh, Veiled Forests of Orvigo on Sunday at 5 o'clock. If you're new here, make sure you follow so you can find us again. Uh, You can go to our website, notgreatrpg.com. We really appreciate it. Hope you guys had a a good time, and we'll see you next time. Good night, friends. friends. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.